0: hey Morgan what's up girl
1: I'm good how are you
0: good good where are you uh calling from today are you in Boston now
1: I'm in Florida
0: oh wow lucky you on I'm, vacation or in Florida for spring training vacation for me oh. but work for the husband <laughs> that's right what forgive me I'm not a I'm not a baseball connoisseur so like when does spring training get rolling
1: it is it started the 15th february 15th and it goes through um like march 30th i believe i think march 30th is boston's opening day so it'll go until then
0: um and boston's one of those like historical cities uh in the united states like what what's been your experience of boston so far do you guys live there or kind of remotely
1: uh, we live outside the city we're not uh, huge city people so okay. we prefer to stay outside of all the craziness of the city um boston's really nice i like it a lot because it's big city but small city feel um and obviously having the historic fenway is amazing so seeing fenway and walking yeah. there's just so much history i love it
0: i was gonna ask you uh have you been to all the ballparks with your husband going to the different places? I,
1: it's the goal. The goal yeah. is to go to all of them. And now that they changed the schedule, they'll play um, every team this year. And then go between, I think over the course of two years, they'll go to every stadium. Well. So hopefully hopefully, <laughs> i get to check all the ones I don't have off, off my list. I told him, I was like, I need to make a list because like I want to go to all of them that I've never like actually written down a list. So I need to do that.
0: Well, and I, and I, uh, You know, I would think that your husband will go wherever the opportunity is. But like if you had an ideal team for him to play for, is it like Miami, Tampa Bay? You know, like what, what's your ideal city? I
1: don't know. <laughs> My parents are always like, he needs to start with Cincinnati. See if he can ask if he can go to Cincinnati. Because it's obviously closest to home being from Lowell. Right. So they're like, we want Cincinnati. Right. But I think team wise, I I mean, I love Boston. I love him being in Boston. He was with Yankees yeah. before. Um, so having played for like just one of the most historic teams, I think is just pretty cool. But I, I mean, I love where we're at with Boston. So
0: honestly, probably just, I'd love to just stay in Boston. Uh, were you, were you a fan of baseball growing up? What was your favorite team?
1: See, I wasn't, <laughs> that's what I always tell wow. them, which he wasn't either. So that's what he never really watched baseball. He's much more of like a hunter and fisherman and stuff like that. So he never really watched sports a ton. I mean, obviously he watched baseball having played baseball, but I'd say um, my dad and brother are huge football fans. So that's mm-hmm. what we watched a lot of in our household mm. was football, but bandwagon being close to Cincinnati, the Reds games were the only ones I'd ever been to Reds <laughs> games. And my dad says that he was a Pittsburgh Pirates fan back in the day. So,
0: yeah. What, what drew you to softball then? Uh, were, were your parents athletic or have any kind of talent of that sort?
1: Um, Yeah. My dad, Actually played basketball um, and he was going to play at Bellarmine, but then he ended up like starting a job and stuff and didn't end up playing, didn't end up playing at Bellarmine. And then my mom was a track runner. Right. Um, which is funny. Cause I hate running, but <laughs> so she was a track runner. So they were both athletic. And then we grew up playing all the sports. Me and my brother and my sister were in everything. I played soccer, all girls. Soccer was the main one that I played competitively the longest Right. So, um, I always was like, I'm going to be Mia Hamm. Like I'm going to play <laughs> soccer. I'm going to be on team USA, but, um, no, we played everything. And then basketball and softball are the ones that stuck for me in high school. And then whatever sport I was in is the sport I was going to play in college. So if it was, if I was in basketball season, I was like, this is when I'm I'm playing basketball in college and then softball season. I was like, never mind, I'm playing softball, but then mainly just came down to softball was softball got my heart that's where my heart was so i just followed (laughs) that and then had just went from there
0: um a lot of athletes that i knew like for their senior season eventually like just stuck with one sport uh were you one of those folks that like i'm just gonna stick with softball because that's what i'm gonna be doing in the future
1: Nope. I played both all the way till, uh, till I graduated. I honestly considered playing both in college too, because I didn't, It was so hard for me to give one up. Uh-huh. I had all growing up, you know, the coaches travel coaches and high school coaches that would tell me, you know, you need to focus on one, pick one, put all your effort in one. Definitely had circumstances where, you know, I know some of the playing time or things like that. If I missed a lot of basketball because of softball, I wasn't going to get to play as much with basketball and uh-huh. face some, face some, uh, some of those roadblocks but uh I knew overall I would always yeah, I would be a well-rounded athlete having played both sports and like I said I didn't even decide softball until probably four months before my high school graduation so, which uh, was softball season anyways
0: <laughs> what was the um recruiting process like I mean is it different from other sports it's not as well it is as
1: crazy now because there's so many travel ball teams so I never really played like a travel ball like how intense travel ball is now for softball i never really mm-hmm. played travel ball like i would do um tournaments with like some travel ball teams and stuff during the summer but i was never like fully committed to like a travel ball team for softball mm-hmm. um but they recruiting's insane for softball so <laughs> When I was getting recruited, I mean, I w- I didn't know about all the recruiting and everything I should be doing because I wasn't really in an intense travel organization. Right. So it's my senior year, and I was like, oh, I should probably start reaching out to colleges. And then so anywhere <laughs> I talked to, they were like, oh yeah, we've already signed sophomores. Uh, we're already like full with like scholarships through sophomores. I'm like, awesome. I'm a senior, so I'm way behind. So I ran into that a lot. A lot of the schools that I like reached out to and stuff were just full on there. I really wanted an athletic scholarship Mm -hmm. and I knew like I had worked hard to try to earn one. And so reaching out to schools like that when they didn't have any scholarships open, it was just, it kind of, it was hard, but then um, they always offered the, you know, you can walk on and always earn a scholarship. But for me, I had worked so hard to try to get a scholarship that that's what I was shooting for. And I wanted to play for a program that like could compete for a championship so I was not the type of person where I was like I'm gonna go d1 just to say I went d1 like I want to go to a program that has a great coach has a great program is competitive every year and competes for championships so then my senior year three months before graduation my high school coach was like hey um I reached out to UND's coach because mm-hmm. I knew the program because I played at Bellarmine we always played against and they were always competitive and so she let me know that she was coming to a game and then everything, I went on one visit to UND, talked a lot to Melissa Frost and that's where I ended up and it worked out perfect and I would not have changed a thing about it. That's what everybody's like, if you mm. could back, would you have transferred? Would you have like picked a D1 school? Would you? And I'm like, absolutely not. I would not have changed where I went. I grew so much in that program and having her as a coach, there's just, I mean, I, I was very happy with my decision.
0: Well, and I want to give the audience uh, some context into how awesome of a player you were because uh, let's talk about this. She's the all-time leader, folks, at UND for most pitching categories, including wins, strikeouts, innings pitched, and you're the second all-time in career strikeouts for a pitcher in Division II softball, correct? Am am I wrong in any of that there? Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, like... First of all, oh, and she has two NCAA records that we should mention. Uh, Record holder for 30 strikeouts in a game and 21 strikeouts in a seven inning game. Um, Having that kind of production, I mean, that would be pressure every game because aren't you the focal point of the opponent most games?
1: (laughs) You know, I never actually like really thought about that. Like we were, we had such a good team just all the way around that it was just so fun because I knew if, if I wasn't on my game that day, then like the hitters were, so I knew that I didn't hit. So I'm like, well, if they're focused on me and if I'm not having my game, the hitters are still going to score runs for us. So it was never a, it was never a thing that I ever thought like, oh, they're coming out, making their whole game plan around like facing (laughs) me or anything. I just... We were good. Like we had a really good team at UND, and
0: yeah, well, and see, both for softball and uh, and baseball, I could ask your husband the same thing. Like, was part of being a pitcher that they have the ball, they kind of control the speed of the game. I mean, how much of that is like psychological and played into? your job yeah game.
1: I feel like it's one of those things that it can get to you if you let it get to you but it's like it was fun for me like I knew that I was the only person that's what I tell like in my pitching lessons I'm like you're the only player on that field that gets to touch the ball every single play like even the catcher they get a hit the catcher's not touching it like the pitcher is the only one that touches it, so they're in complete control of the game they control the pace yeah. so it worked out in my favor if I was like on a roll and having a great game but on mm-hmm. those games Where I was off or like off my game and stuff that's when I had to really slow it down and take advantage of the fact that I am the one that has the ball every game and the one that controls the pace so if I need more time taking more time and same on the opposite end if I need to
0: speed it up speeding it up. Well and as far as throwing a softball. uh, Is it meant to be thrown underhanded I mean most pitchers you see that motion. Uh,
1: yeah so they say that that's the most natural way um to throw it just because that's the natural arm circle and throwing overhand isn't as natural as throwing underhand um but i mean i enjoy throwing underhand so
0: well and like are you able to throw a baseball with the same velocity? I mean is it different for your husband and you to to pitch? Oh, so,
1: yeah, that's it's pretty funny cuz I'll be his catch partner like in the off season. Yeah. And he throw he throws hard. Like I think he hit 101 this past season, so it's wow. I'm like, okay, let me get some gear on if we're going to like go that hard, but we're always <laughs> very competitive because we met playing like when I was playing pro softball and he was an independent ball for baseball and I pitched to him and struck him out. So that's always been the whole thing. He's like, why do you have to tell everybody that? And I'm like, because I, him, I literally <laughs> struck you out. And so he's always like, well, let me pitch to you. But um, I tell him we can, but we've just never set up a time for me to try to hit off of him. But when we play catch, that's what I'll throw the ball overhand at him sometimes as hard as I can and like try to get clocked. And so one time he clocked me, we were trying to go overhand. I <laughs> about threw out my shoulder, trying to throw it overhand as hard as I could. But I hit 80 and I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there okay. you go. Yeah.
1: Man. So I was like, there we go.
0: Um, you know, I would be intimidated. I couldn't even go into batting cages. Like how intimidating was the prospect of having to hit? Did you ever have to step up to the plate or anything?
1: Him? No, I'll stand in for him. Actually, yeah. I will stand in for him in the off season just so for like a visual for him. Yeah. Um, but no, I jump out. Of, I jump back. I'm not getting close. Did to you that. ever
0: bat in college? I
1: no. Mean, oh, okay. No. You, what, well, did you- I
0: did. I bat it
1: all through high school and we just, I mean, we just had okay. such good hitters at UND that it's just one of those things where it's like, if I can focus and get my job done with pitching, I feel free to let all these amazing hitters hit bombs. Like that's perfectly, I was a fine hitter. I was a consistent hitter. I was by no means a
0: right.
1: bomb hitting like home run queen, anything like that. <laughs> and we had a lot of those on our team at the time when I was right. at UND. So I'm like, please let them hit for me. <laughs> that's fine with me takes that stress off of me
0: <laughs> well and you talked about being uh your husband's uh catch partner how important is it the relationship between a pitcher and their catcher I feel like oh. you would have to have some chemistry there
1: oh so important yeah me and Jenny Thompson was the catcher um majority of the time that I was there she was my age um so we graduated together and everything and our I've Feel like that was a huge part of my success too it's just being confident in her and comfortable with her behind the plate knowing even if i missed my spot she was still gonna frame it for me she got me strikes like so many strikes that could have been balls if she didn't frame them right like she worked for me back there so it's so important having that and coach frost gave the signs to the catcher who relayed them to me we didn't have like the armbands or any of that which i personally love and i think is so important because it helps Jenny and I the catcher and pitcher just build that bond and that trust between each other of I'm getting the sign from you and I'm looking to you for like where you need it and Jenny yeah it was huge what kind of
0: motivation did you need uh on the plate you know like when she would conference with you or or do you need to be yell that or (laughs) encourage like what what sort of motivation
1: do you need i honestly a joke like if you come out and like obviously like when coach frost came out it was you know (laughs) a little bit more business but sometimes even coach frost like just knew i needed to like because i am so hard on myself like i hold myself to the highest standard that like if i don't feel like i'm doing what i know i'm capable of i would just get mad and so i don't need anybody to yell at me smarter doing that to myself so mainly just coming out people making it more lighthearted. like hey have fun like you know half the time when jenny comes have some fun out there you know trust yourself like i got you i got your back and the same thing with coach frost you come out and be like just let it rip like stop trying to control it so
0: well and i i did have the fortune to talk to another uh softball player natalie on here who played uh first base uh i feel like you would need some chemistry uh with the first baseman too in case you know a grounder goes down first and you gotta coordinate that stuff
1: Oh, yeah. Nat saved some of my no hitters for sure. Our (laughs) World Series no hit when it was the opening game of the World Series um when we went while we were there natalie was at first base and it was the last play of the game and a girl hit a line drive down the first baseline and natalie jumped and caught it and it saved the no hitter so that got me a no hitter for the world series so, but yeah definitely just having trust in all your defense having trust that your defense gonna if you throw the pitch where you need to throw it even if they hit it your defense is gonna have your back and i felt confident in everybody behind me i felt confident with every single batter that we had at UND of them going up to the plate that we were going to score runs it just unfortunately never fell in our favor to where we could win a national championship but yeah I loved I mean I loved every team I was a part of at UND
0: well and I know that whole group was was sort of friends with each other and I, I talked about the relationship between like a pitcher and a catcher but does an entire team have to be friends and interact with each other for it to work on the field I think it's a big
1: plus if they do. I think that there are ways where it can still work, even if they don't like, and everybody still but like everybody still has to at least get along. I feel like if there's animosity or, you know, anger, or anything like that, arguments, little yeah. clicks or anything like that forming. I think it can definitely go against the team chemistry, but yeah, I think team chemistry is huge and just getting along, but we did, we had such a great, I mean, we all willingly chose to hang out with each other outside of the field, even though we were with each other basically 24 seven anyways.
0: Well, and in addition to being uh, a dominant pitcher on the field, you were uh, my boss at UND TV5 as the sports director uh, for the semester that I was there. Um, Did you feel like you were adequately taken care of from the academic end of things?
1: Yeah, at UND? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Oh, I loved it. That's what, like, a big reason, too, I chose UND's the academics knowing that they had what I wanted to go into with sports broadcasting. They had a whole TV studio. They had that whole program Mm -hmm. that I could get involved in and then becoming the sports director as a sophomore, you know, Kelsey Romo was a sports director when I was a freshman and she was also a softball player. So having her guidance to kind of lead me into that position and then giving me the courage to even apply for that position as a sophomore and then getting it was just, I mean, awesome. I loved it. And then just being the sports director, having that outside of softball, to like still be involved in and follow like a passion. I just, I loved it.
0: One of my favorite quotes about entertainment is from uh, Dana Carvey, who says it's like emotionally violent and you know, we paid for the UND TV five experience. So I'm asking seriously, what caused more stress playing softball or UND (laughs) TV five?
1: That's a tough one. Honestly, it being the sports director, if you didn't have to have the dang office hours, (laughs) <laughs> then that wouldn't have cost me as much stress. But those office hours, I'm like, I am running around yeah. already trying to make it to practice on time. I don't know if I can sit here in my office for three hours at a time. But probably
0: softball though. Still, that was pretty
1: stressful. Oh,
0: why? Well, I- <laughs> I I figured softball would at least be I mean that's fun right like it is there were times that UND TV was not fun uh even if it was enjoyable it's like this is a pain in the ass but But I almost
1: saw it as my out (laughs) I'm like this is my outside of softball life or I can not have as much stress on me because softball I mean we were up at 5 a.m doing workouts and then coming back at two for lifting and then coming back again at six for practice right I mean that was that was pretty stressful (laughs)
0: Do you hope to to, uh, do production work or something in that field again at some point? I
1: don't know. Um, I love it. I just think that if I ever found something, I just know how much travel is involved with like sports reporting and sports broadcasting. And I would really only want to do the sports side of things. Um, I don't really have interest in doing like tv station like work but if it was ever a sports position like that just the travel you know Caleb and I like want a family someday so having that travel is and I love traveling with him now for baseball and I just know I wouldn't get to do that so right now I don't like think about that or think that I'm like missing that right now but I mean I'll always love it and love doing stuff like that like I'll go to softball camps now and talk to kids just about like my experience my recruiting process and I feel like I get enough of that like public speaking and the stuff that I like doing to like motivationally help them in a way that it fits my, my communication major. I'm using that a little bit, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, I can remember uh, doing Colts games. You know, I I did a few seasons of that and every producer at every station, whether it was ESPN, NBC, Fox, CBS, all of the producers were women. So, you know, and with your, with your college uh, sports experience, you know, it might play into it. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. hopefully so. Um, to uh, to go along with that, you mentioned your no-hitter uh, in the World Series. What would you say is your favorite accomplishment looking back to your career? Oof.
1: Probably my um, – the NCAA records. The two NCAA records. Just because I feel like my motto going into every game – like I said, I just always tried to hold myself to the highest standard, and I felt like going into every game the highest standard for me was – uh, 21 strikeouts. So I'd always say like 21 strikeouts, no hitter, like, and then I would go from there. So like, if somebody hit a ground out, then I'd be like, okay, 20 strikeouts. Like I wanted to do everything in my power to give <laughs> us the best chance to win. So like, same thing. If I walk somebody, like I'd be like, 21 strikeouts, perfect game. And then if I walk somebody, I'm like, okay, 21 strikeouts, no hitter. Somebody got a hit, then I'm like, 20, 21 strikeouts, still. <laughs> like, I would just go to the next thing that's the highest thing that I could hold myself to. So when I finally got the 21 strikeouts in the seven innings, it just felt like a just a f- cool accomplishment, and I'm okay. just the type of person that I use like, I don't know. I let things fuel like my fire. So like, if mm-hmm. I remember, there was like a parent on another team that like saw me in the elevator and was like, "We just beat so and so eleven to zero. We got you guys tomorrow. See you on the field." And I remember just being like, "Yeah, see you on the field." <laughs> and then I was like, "Okay, twenty one strikeouts." And then it was against them, so I was like, "Fabulous." <laughs> that worked out great. Uh,
0: well, and I I asked uh nat this but I guess with you not batting it wouldn't be an option did you have like a walk-up song to the match? oh parade? heck yeah
1: I did Aaron's Party Come Get It by Aaron Carter
0: <laughs> rest yep. in peace he died recently
1: I know so sad. That, that is sad. Is that sad. sad that was my walkout for probably I think it was my walkout for two years and then the other two was Rihanna's Madhouse it was just kind of like an intro it wasn't really like a song it was an intro
0: do you enjoy uh, her bad. uh Super Bowl I did I thought it
1: was good I thought it was good. She played all of her throwbacks. A lot of times if people just play like new stuff, I yeah. don't like it before, but she played all of her good hits. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was good.
0: Um, did you have any uh, rituals for before a game? Like I got to do this or I'm going to be off.
1: Not really. I was never really superstitious. I am so much more superstitious and nervous watching Caleb throw than I have yeah. ever been for myself ever <laughs> I never had superstitions and with him I have so many I have so many superstitions and things I just need to do and say before he throws or while he's throwing but with Mm -hmm. myself I just if I warmed up with Jenny and went through my pitches I didn't I could wear whatever I
0: could it didn't matter I didn't have a special pair of socks special headband we know how important you were to that team like did you get control of the ox cord most of the time with that we split
1: it we had some i mean natalie played some good songs we had uh, katie kelly played some good songs you know we all kind of uh corinne corinne turpak always had to have the had to have she was the ox queen that's for sure all of them i'm not like i love playing music i had it sometimes but i sometimes don't like to be in control of that i'd rather yeah. just jam to whatever they put on but we i mean all of them are huge music people so our whole team fought over the ox cord, basically.
0: Well, and being uh, somebody that understands TV production, uh, what shows do you watch when you have time? Yellowstone. I love Oh yeah, it. that's a good one. Always I good. I love Yellowstone. We're watching
1: Outer Banks now, okay. um, but yeah, Yellowstone's like our favorite. Uh, Vikings, any of the Viking shows are so
0: good. Are oh, uh, as far as Caleb goes, uh, is he going to be First of all, like what, what experience does he have so far? Did he play at Fenway and all that stuff?
1: Yeah. Yep. He got called up in 2021 in the fall. And then last year he started in AAA and then got called up in the beginning of July. He got like optioned a couple of times last year, but then spent a majority of last season up at Fenway up in the big leagues. Starting pitcher too? No, he's a closer. Well, he's a reliever. He okay. was a closer in AAA, but he's a reliever up with um, the big leagues.
0: Very cool. Um, also, you coached at Bellarmine, uh, went back to Louisville and did that. Do you have ambitions to coach again?
1: I don't uh, again, not right now. It's just so t- I liked it. I enjoy I especially like like yeah. I don't know that I would ever want to be a head coach, but I like like I liked being the pitching coach like I like doing that side of it. But again, it's just such a huge time commitment that like to feel like I was investing, like I would want to invest in those girls as much as possible Mm -hmm. and knowing that I would want to be somewhere else watching him play baseball. I just don't want to like split that and take away like my attention from what I like if I'm going to do something, I want to be all in on it. So I feel like maybe in the future I would like to like, but right now I'm enjoying living the living the baseball life, traveling with him and getting the cheer him on and watch him.
0: well and and here's the thing because you know like Michael Jordan has been an executive before Larry Bird was once a coach and you were a great player is it tough as a coach sometimes to coach somebody when they don't have your ability you know what I mean like you can't just say do it like me I'm you know what I mean like it's sometimes tougher I would think for great players to be coaches
1: yeah I think I don't know sometimes the people who don't have all the talent or are more coachable just because yeah. they're more willing to learn and haven't been told their whole life that they're great. They whatever. But I think that, I don't know. I just, I enjoyed coaching the pitchers, just having that mindset and helping them yeah. helping them have, like I don't know coach them in the mindset way if that makes sense like not even necessarily all the skill stuff like teaching them spin teaching them grip but teaching them just the mindset of a pitcher like how to not let things affect you like to walk two people how to not let that affect you mm-hmm. how to go into games and come back from you know errors that you may have made of giving up a home run like I enjoy them coaching the mental side of that
0: mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense Well, and as a professional player, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you won two championships in in the two seasons that you played. So, I mean, uh, looking at it now, is there anything else you want to accomplish in your athletic career?
1: I want to go to the CrossFit Games. Oh,
0: that'd be great. Oh, right.
1: I I love CrossFit. That is nowhere on my radar even close right now, but I would love to do teams eventually to do like some teams, CrossFit stuff, that athletically. Softball-wise, I enjoy, like, giving pitching lessons, stuff like that, helping out, going to camps, helping out with camps and clinics, so anytime anybody, like, needs help with camps and clinics, I enjoy going and speaking or doing that kind of stuff, but yeah, I love CrossFit, so...
0: I don't know why this popped in my head, but I'm going to ask anyway. Like, would you do uh, American Ninja Warrior, something like that? I
1: would love to try that course just because I <laughs> want to see how far I can make it. It's yeah. one thing to try. That's why I always tell Caleb, I'm like, build me that in our backyard. He's a very handyman. And I'm like, build that for me. Build me a Ninja Warrior course. Yeah but but no yeah just making it to the crossfit open is going on right now this is the last week of it and then you qualify for quarterfinals right which i'm hoping to do but then after that is like semifinals, and then it's um the games so like the best the best go to that which i'm not close to but it's fun it's fun to try for
0: (laughs) well and i hope that caleb eventually ends up at uh cooperstown uh in the hall of fame but do y'all have like a time limit of, okay, let's, let's move on to something else. Let's have a, more to life than sports. Not
1: really. I mean, he's 31 now and I feel like he's not even hit his prime yet. Just because a lot of his, he went, he went to an, in a small NIA school in Michigan, was undrafted, played independent ball, got signed out of independent ball. So, I mean, he started from like the lowest right. and has worked his way all the way up to where he is and like I said, every year he has gotten faster, like 101s his max, like the year before he had 99, which is max the year before it was like 98. So every year he's gotten faster and better and just figured out more about himself as a pitcher that I think that, I mean, I don't, there's, he's just limitless. I think that he is so capable of still reaching more. So I don't think that either of us really think about right. like there being, we, to us, it's like just beginning. Like he's finally got his call up. He's gotten his chance. And now it's like, now we feel like, it's just the start to all that he can accomplish.
0: Something else I was going to ask you—you know—you uh, are obviously a gifted player. Uh, your husband's a gifted player. Do you hope to have kids down the line, and then they get to play?
1: Yep. Oh yeah, little athletes. <laughs> yep, we'll take it. Any sports they want to play, and if not, that's what I told him. I was like, if they're musically inclined, I would love that because neither of us are. I'm like, I can play the piano, but I—if they can <laughs> sing, please, I would love that.
0: So whatever whatever they can do, I look forward to that. How can people follow you and reach out, Morgan, if they want to?
1: Oh, Instagram. I have an Instagram. Do I know it? Oh, it's at Morgan underscore Ort then the number twenty. So Morgan underscore O R T two zero.
0: Was that your playing number, by the way? Yep. Okay. How yep. important is that? Picking a number for when you play.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Caleb and them just kind of get assigned numbers until you like have major name known in the major leagues and then you can pick your number basically.
0: Yeah,
1: um, you can change it just to whatever's open, but like until you can actually like pick one or whatever. But um, I What's his it. number. He is number sixty one. Okay. He would love to have thirty three, but that's Jason Veritek's number, and he's um, <laughs> a, yeah, a Red Sox Hall of Famer. So <laughs> not gonna he's work. Not gonna be out, getting yeah. that number, but. right he's okay with that but yeah when I picked 20 I remember I wanted number nine I was in high school and I wanted number nine and the coach threw me number 20 and then I said well I wanted number nine she said well looks like you're gonna have to make number 20 famous
0: and I was like (laughs) okay did your parent have that one? What's the significance of? No, of it mind? was
1: literally just that. Like my high school coach handing. I asked for number nine, and they said they didn't have it, and get handed me number twenty. And I said I wanted number nine, and they said, "Well, it looks like you're gonna have to make number twenty famous." And then I went to college, and twenty was open in college. And then both pro teams that I, when I okay. uh, signed with Bandits, twenty was open. And then when I signed with Scrapyard, number twenty was open. So Athletes Unlimited was the only team that I didn't have number twenty. The last team I played for, so. But other than that, I was always 20.
0: Hey, uh, Morgan, you're one of the coolest people I know, honestly. Yeah, and thanks. Um, thanks for being on the show. And uh, yeah. I know the best days are ahead of you. So uh, yeah. you're somebody that I that I want to see win in the end. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. You too. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, folks, to uh, check this episode out again, uh, you can go to my website, jbkonair.com. You can also get the podcast anywhere that you podcast by searching JBK on air. And until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow.